Jonathan Armstrong of Cordry over here in the UK, a bright sunny day over in the, in the UK for a change. Uh, with me is Eric Sinrod in California. I guess we've got a choice of a couple of topics today, Eric. Um, Cybersecurity's big news, probably we should discuss that. But I just want to mention the Kavanaugh hearings that even in the UK we're, uh, we're transfixed by at the moment. Do you have any views on that? Well, sure. I mean, everybody's been riveted to their televisions uh, at the end of this week here in the U.S., listening to Christine Blasey Ford tell her story and then listening to uh, uh, Greg Kavanaugh defiantly uh, denying the allegations. Uh, we'll, maybe by the next podcast or two, we'll find out the outcome of whether Kavanaugh will be sitting on the United States Supreme Court. Uh, it takes me back to a time when I had my first United States Supreme Court case in 1991, and we argued to eight justices, not nine, because at that time, uh, Clarence Thomas was up for consideration by the Senate, and he was facing allegations of sexual misconduct by Anita Hill. So before diving into our topic of U.S. seeks to thwart foreign cyber adversaries, uh, Jonathan, do you have any just comments, brief comments or two on uh, the Kavanaugh hearings and how things might be different in this current era uh, if he were used today? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've had a day of um, doing training at an oil refinery, and we've been talking about the prevalence of surveillance. You know, right, rightly so. There is a lot, lot of surveillance cameras around the place there, um, even use of drones on occasions. And wouldn't it be interesting, I guess, to have, you know, fast forward 20 years, I imagine that things like surveillance cameras are going to be big news. We've already had it with a case involving a high-profile footballer in the UK mm. who was, uh, who, who was um, uh, alleged to have raped somebody. And in some respects, the CCTV footage uh, showing a, a different version of events was relevant to that appeal proceeding. So I guess uh, we've got CCTV as a as a perpetual witness to good or bad mm. behavior, haven't we, these days? You know, I teach at the university level, and as I explain to my students who are, you know, anywhere between uh, 18 and 30 years old, they grew up at a time when they've really had very little privacy because their devices mm. and cameras, frankly, everywhere. Uh, when you and I grew up, that just wasn't the case. And uh, as you say, uh, good behavior and bad behavior can be reported. And it might not be just left up to, you know, somebody, you know, looking at their high school calendar uh, from the summer of 1982 and saying, well, this is what I think happened. I mean, there might actually be, you know, visual recordings of events. Uh, Do we want to live in a world where everything's so closely monitored? But I think you're right. I think that is a topic probably a good topic, maybe even for a, a podcast coming up soon. Uh, but if you don't mind, I'll delve into the current topic of the day. Um, yeah. You know, we've had, uh, you know, concerns about foreign hackers have been heightened, you know, since the 2016 presidential election, uh, given that various U.S. intelligence agencies reported uh, foreign Internet efforts to influence that election. And with midterm congressional elections coming up, those concerns have not abated. Uh, meanwhile, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but the personal Gmail accounts of some U.S. senators and Senate staff recently were targeted. Uh, indeed, um, 
Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon has written a letter to Senate leadership stating that, quote, at least one major technology has informed a number of senators and Senate staff members that their personal email accounts were targeted by foreign government hackers, close quote. And then since then, Google has stated that it was the company referenced by Senator Wyden. Uh, and a Senate aide informed CNN that both Democrats and Republicans were targeted. Um, Google has not said whether uh, the hack was successful, and Senator Wyden has expressed, quote, serious concern, close quote, that the Senate Sergeant of Arms does not possess the authority to safeguard senators and their staff from Internet attacks. And this is important, Jonathan, because the Senate Sergeant of Arms uh, is in part tasked with overseeing Senate security. Um, it is in this context that the White House recently has uh, authorized offensive cyber operations vis-a-vis uh, -vis adversaries, and this was recently reported by the Washington Post. Um, a new policy apparently is in place to ease up on rules relating to the use of digital weapons to protect the nation, as stated by National Security Advisor John Bolton. And Bolton reportedly stated, quote, our hands are not as tied as they were in the Obama administration, close quote. Um, now, I'll point out that J uh, Bolton did not spell out in any of the specific details about the offensive cyber op operations. However, the strategy is supposed to incorporate um, a new presidential directive that allows the military and other government agencies to uh, implement inter internet operations to protect government systems and U.S. mission critical networks. Um, some, including Representative James Langevin of Rhode Island, argued that the new offensive, Jonathan, is akin to what was in place during the Obama administration and still does not go far enough in terms of providing sufficient protection from foreign adversaries. Moreover, Langevin noted the irony of Bolton's prior elimination of the position of White House cyber coordinator as soon as Bolton assumed his position earlier uh, in 2018. And so just some parting comments from me before I turn it back to you. Um, you know, for democracy to succeed, um, I believe the electorates must uh, have confidence that its election systems work and are not compromised. Uh, accordingly, true best efforts really must be taken to assure the legitimacy of our elections. Um, this may be expensive, but I think it's money well spent. You know, our open and free elections really are the bedrock of our democracy. So, Jonathan, all that being said, what say you? Oh, I think I could say about a thousand and one things. I think that um, certainly I think uh, I was at the ISC Squared conference in London last week where we uh, did, did some data breach workshops, and that was certainly one of the top topics, the, the sort of cyber offensive capability of, of the U.K. And, and the U.S., and I think that's a story that's certainly going to run and run. I think, I think uh, foreign governments interfering in elections is also – very much a live topic at the moment. You might know that the UK Data Protection Regulator, the Information Commissioner's Office, has an ongoing investigation into manipulation, let's just say, or the alleged manipulation of uh, Facebook uh, prior to elections. 
and she has issued the first stop notice under GDPR, which uh, seeks to prohibit a Canadian entity from uh, transferring uh, or for effectively using data of UK and EU nationals, uh, which is, it seems, connected to that, uh, uh, you know, possibly foreign powers influencing the Brexit debate in this case. It's important to note that that enforcement order is currently subject to appeal, and I imagine it'll be a future podcast after that appeal. But there's a whole host of activity involved. You know, we've talked about it many, many times. Every war like um, our area of conflict, like North Korea or Afghanistan or wherever, the theater of war is more extensive than it used to be. And whereas the battlefield, you know, we've just done some research on 16, uh, the, the wars of the 1600s as part of my daughter's university studies, whereas in those days the battle was confined to within maybe a mile of where the, the, the centre of the battle was. Of course, now any battle goes a million miles into cyberspace at the mm -hmm. same time as the initial heat spot area of conflict. So I, I'm not at all surprised that it's on the government's uh, agenda over there in the U.S. Uh, I know that it's on the agenda of uh, many other governments, and that's probably not a discussion we ought to have here. But it seems to me that it is right that it, that, that, that is so. In every every government has to look at ways of protecting its citizens. If you're a corporation trying to defend yourself against a nation-state operation, then it's an inequality of arms. You might have 10 good guys trying to keep your data safe, and you might have 100,000 bad guys trying to get it from you. So every corporation, every individual needs some form of government protection in the right cases, just as we can't be expended, expected to defend ourselves against cruise missiles with mm. some stuff we happen to find in our loft that might be useful. <laughs> true, true, true. Well, listen, I think we probably um, hit our 10 here. There's so much more we could say on this. Um, but we will probably be back at you uh, next week. No, no sign of stopping this train, that's <laughs> for sure. They tried to silence us, but they haven't done it yet, Eric. <laughs> that's true. They, they can't gag Armstrong and Finrod. Uh, we just keep popping up. All right. Well, this has been your weekly Tech Law 10. I'm Eric Finrod of Dwayne Morris. My email address is djfinrod at dwaynemorris.com. You can find us uh, on the usual social media outlets. Jonathan, you can finish up. Yeah, I'm uh, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. Thanks very much for listening. I'm sure we'll return to some of the uh, smorgasbord of topics we started this week uh, later on. And, uh, and we look forward to speaking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Thanks again. Cheers.